and welcome everyone. I am Caleb Flaggy and this is the Made in Gainesville podcast. On this show, you'll hear stories and get insights from business owners and leaders from across the nation that have ties to Gainesville. Keith Watson, owner of Keith Watson Events, will be joining me on this episode. Keith is known for putting on top-notch events in Gainesville as well as up and down the East Coast. Keith will share his journey from being raised on a farm in Alabama and working at the family propane business, to putting on high-profile events at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and finally starting his own event production business in Gainesville. Enjoy! Could you give me an overview of the type of events that Keith Watson puts on? Yes, we are very fortunate to be rather diverse in our um, productions. We do everything from, you know, weddings to uh, religious uh, celebrations, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, uh, fundraising. Uh, we do a lot of things for um, universities, for the celebration, uh, corporate fund, corporate parties. Uh, we have a really large um, holiday Christmas decorating business. And uh, then we have just started a rental business as well. So we sort of run the gamut of what we do. Um, if you want to throw a party, we can do it. That's how we look at it. People, I feel, have a, an image of a, you know, a typical, you know, average party, you know, average event. But, you know, your company kind of takes, is known for taking it to kind of like a higher level than that. Could you uh, kind of give us an idea of what that looks like? We try not to do anything average. <laughs> Cal, we try to think outside the box. And, uh, I mean, obviously, we, we will do whatever the client wants us to do within reason. And we, one of the things we always say to our clients is that, you know, their, their event is about them. It's not about us. It's not about our company. Yes, we uh, ha- have the brand that we're going to uphold and make sure that it, it uh, represents our company well. But we really are there to represent the client and really dig in to see what they're wanting to accomplish and think about their guests and when they're coming and what they're going to see and what they're going to walk away with. And those are the questions we ask our clients. You know, what do you want your guests to walk away remembering? You know, was it the food? Was it the decor? Was it the dancing? You know, was it the fellowship? Uh, was it how long they had to drive to get there? You know, things like that. We want to find out really and truly what it is. And then we build our event based on what our client is telling us. I do feel that, you know, when somebody will see, you know, like your premier level events, they might uh, be a little intimidated and think that you just might be way out of their league, but you kind of have something for everybody, right? We do. And, you know, there's one thing that we do here often, and and we try to help people understand. They say, oh, you know, Keith Watson events, they're just too expensive. We we can't afford them. Well, how do you know you can't afford us until you talk to us? Uh, we, uh, we pride ourselves in staying within your budget. We'll ask you what your budget is, and we will try to do our dead level best to give you what you want within your budget. Sometimes um, clients will come to us with a, we lovingly say, a champagne taste on a beer budget. Uh, and we try our best to give them the best beer they can have or the cheapest champagne they can have within that, that, that uh, design. Um, and we also, because of our expertise and how many years of experience we've had, there are things that we can help them cut corners with that won't be noticed by your guests that are coming, help them achieve what they're trying to achieve within their, their budget. And that goes back to the original question we had is what's most important to you? Uh, you know, if you have X amount of dollars you wanna spend, well, you could spend all your money on the bar and have nothing because you're gonna to do top shelf have nothing left for really good food or good decor or good band. So we try to help them balance those out within their budget saying, okay, here's the total amount of money you have to spend. 
let's earmark certain amounts of money to the areas of, that you want most important and then work within the other budgets. So I want to get in the background a little bit of the man behind Keith Watson events. Uh, I was kind of looking at your biography and you were raised on a farm in Alabama. Your father had a propane gas business. You know, usually that doesn't result in the glide path that takes you, you know, from propane to doing a very high end event at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. How do well, you, you, how do you get from point A to point B there? We use propane to grill the steaks. I mean, you, know, you got to think about how to, how to do it together. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, very fortunate was it to grow up in, in Alabama on a cotton and poultry farm. Uh, my parents, really hardworking folks. My my dad um, had a sixth grade education. My mom had a ninth grade education, and uh, they instilled in all five of their children the importance of education and the importance of working hard. Um, and so I um, lived there. I ended up. Um, graduating from Birmingham Southern College in Birmingham, Alabama with a degree in theater and uh, with a minor in dance and a minor in music and um, moved to New York City to pursue my dreams as a performer. Uh, my father had always wanted me to work for him. Uh, being a farmer, he also then started a, a propane gas business with my uh, brother and my brother-in-law and then consequently my other brothers and my nephews and nieces all went to work for the company uh, I, one brother and I are the only two that held out uh, to not go into the company, uh, the family business, um, because I said to my dad one day, he says, well, don't you want to you know, work for the propane company? I said, dad, I, I would be out there just painting the tanks different colors and rearranging the decor of the showroom. That's how I looked at it from a design standpoint. So I moved on to New York and was there as an actor and a singer and dancer. And I lovingly say that was many years and many pounds ago. Uh, and uh, was you know a young blonde kid uh, pursuing my dreams there, and, and was very um, very fortunate to be able to work quite a bit as a performer there. Uh, did a lot of print work as a model, a hair model, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and while I was there, I where I met my my lovely wife Roberta. Uh, she was an opera singer there. We actually met in church there in New York City and um, fell in love. We actually did a show together for the Hartness Ballet Company and sang love songs to each other on stage. And the rest is history. We walked through Central Park holding hands and uh, ended up uh, getting married there and had our first child. Um, John was born in Manhattan. Uh, it was at that time, my dad, being the um, very pragmatic businessman, he says, you know, son, it's time you give this acting thing up and get a real job. You got a family now. And, um, and you know, he, he was right. I mean, when I was single, it was fine. I could, you know, make a living doing that. And and when we got married, the same thing. But by the time we had our son, it was a little difficult to, to make all ends meet being a performer with the uncertainty of that. And so um, I had worked for a catering company uh, in between gigs as a performer and as a designer for them and began um, working there more often. And they offered me a full-time job. So I did that uh, for several years in New York City. And then from there um, was hired by Callaway Gardens in Pine Mountain, Georgia to move uh, to uh, Georgia. And um, I say that there were skid marks across the Mason-Dixon line. It's my wife, I brought her from New York down to Georgia, but she ended up falling in love with Georgia. We both did live there. Uh, I was food and beverage director and in charge of all the events for Calvary Gardens. And was, the was one of the original designers on their big um, fantasy lights, which is their big Christmas light display now. It's been there for almost 30 years now. 
so we did that um, until I was hired by uh, the rest. The is a company, a management company called Restaurant Associates, to come back to New York to go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and I was in charge of all the uh, food and beverage and all the events for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Guggenheim Museum, and the Cloisters. There were three museums that reported to me. And uh, I was very fortunate to do that for several years and uh, absolutely loved, loved, loved uh, that job and that gig at uh, Manhattan, it was great. Uh, so there, from there, I then, uh, they moved me to a company up in Westchester, New York called uh, Swiss Reinsurance to oversee all of their uh, food and beverage and their events. And I did that for a couple of years and then went to work for uh, a big church in New York City as their director of special events, about a 6,000 member congregation, and oversaw all of their conferences, their camps, their, their uh, seminars, et cetera, et cetera. And then there came a time when I realized we, we were there during 9-11. Uh, I was actually on the George Washington Bridge, watched the whole thing happen as I was going into the city. We had moved out into the suburbs. There came a point where we wanted to get our children out of that environment. Um, so we uh, decided to open our own company. And uh, that's, that was in 2002, we incorporated uh, there in New York City and um, then moved to Georgia and I'm sorry, to Florida in 2004, moved our company down to Gainesville. So that's sort of a, a uh, probably more than you wanted to hear, but that's the, basically what, how, this, how the whole timeline worked. So I understand, you know, the idea of getting your, your kids out of the, you know, the big city, but um, so how did you, settle on Gainesville. We took a dart, just threw at the map. <laughs> um, well, actually, you know, we were looking, my idea was to buy a bed and breakfast. Uh, that was what I thought would be great and have an event site there. And, and so we started looking basically all over the United States, uh, trying to find a place that we could sell, that we felt good about moving our children. We had, our son was in 10th grade and our daughter was in fifth grade. Um, and we looked at several and never could really settle on one that we really, really liked. And my wife finally one day confessed to me. She said, you know, I, I'm not crazy about owning a bed and breakfast. And I said, well, why? She said, well, that's like having permanent house guests. I don't want permanent house guests. I said, okay, that makes sense. Um, and so we, um, Lawton Childs, Jr., Bud, Bud Childs, uh, was a friend of ours. And he called one day and said, look, I've got some work in Florida, I need about a year's worth of consulting. Are you interested in the gig? And I said, sure. So I said to my wife, you wanna to move to Florida? I mean, it was really that simple. And um, she said, sure. So we uh, were trying to, we were thinking of Orlando or Tallahassee, those are two cities we're looking at. And uh, my wife had gone to New England Conservatory of Music uh, to get her opera degree there. And then on to Columbia University and pre-law, which is where I met her, which is at Columbia. And uh, we talked to one of her classmates from um, uh, New England Conservatory who was teaching here at PK Young. And he said, hey, you should move to Gainesville. And I'm like, where's Gainesville? I'm sorry, I'd never heard of it. And so uh, he began to tell us about it. And both of our children, um, again, I'm a little biased, are, are extremely talented uh, singers and, and actors. And I had produced several shows in New York at Madison Square Gardens. And of course, when daddy's a producer, you put your kids in the show. And so uh, they had performed a lot over, all over New York. And he's like, I really would like to have these kids in my program at PK Young. We're just starting the performing arts program there. So we came down, they auditioned, got in the program at PK Young. And um, that's how we chose Gainesville. It was really about the school and the um, education for our children 
and them being in what we felt like was a, a safe environment in the performing arts and um, an opportunity for me to do the consulting work because I was going to be traveling a lot. So that's how we chose Gainesville. Nice. And that was uh, in 2004, and we've been here ever since. Okay. Um, yeah, usually, you know, you don't think of Gainesville as a place that people kind of just spontaneously move to. I mean, I know you had some, you know, some reasons, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you're not the first person that I've come to that, that have decided like, hey, we, you know, because of our kids, we want to move somewhere a little more, you know, low key. And because of, you know, one or many other factors like friends and whatnot, it, they end up settling on Gainesville. So that's really interesting. Well, you know, we because we were both so involved in the arts and we're in New York and wanted our, our children to be involved in the arts as well. And education is very important to us and and, and obviously the safety of our children. So uh, we did a lot of research on Gainesville and found that this was the perfect place for that. And we also realized that there at that time weren't really any um, event companies in Gainesville. So we thought, OK, this would be a good place for us to um start hanging our our uh, shingle here in new york uh, here in gainesville and uh do some work here that's how it started so speaking of which uh, how did you establish a reputation here so quickly i mean it was it you know a, a factor of just not really having any event companies here so you're only the only game in town or was there a little more to it than that well there, there are a couple other companies in town they do they do nice work we're the best uh they do nice work and um we actually what we did in the beginning is to get involved in the community, which we've always done, is to begin to volunteer for uh, some nonprofits. And that's how we really began to establish ourselves and helping decorate some of the nonprofit events coming in town and uh, establish it that way. And then we um, were able to pick up a, a couple of uh, corporate clients through some clients we had in New York who knew people down here and just sort of began slowly to build. Uh, and we were fortunate enough to, to maintain our clients in New York, which we still do. Um, and do work there. So going back and forth, we, we continue to do that to this, to this day. Um, not as much as we used to, but in the beginning, we were in New York quite a bit, so doing that. Okay, so you're still working all over the place, not just locally. Up until COVID. Okay, cool, yes. <laughs> yes, but uh, yes, we, we, are, we can say that we are established in several, along the Eastern uh, Seaboard, yes, absolutely. So what is the most impressive event that you've done? Um, you know, mainly from your perspective, is there any particular event where, you know, even though you're the owner, you know, after you've seen the final product, you're kind of like, wow, I'm really impressed by this. I'm hard to impress, Gail. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can truthfully say I, I am and have been proud of every single event that we've done. Um, a lot of that has to do with, with the incredible uh, team that we have here that have the same ideas and same standards of, of quality that I instill and help try to instill it in my staff. Uh, we believe in doing it right the first time. Uh, if, if we don't get it right, we go back and do it again until we get it right. But to directly answer your question, the, a lot of the events that have, been, have meant the most to me are the ones that have been of great service to fundraisers that, that need to raise funds to help other people. Uh, we were very fortunate and, and unfortunate, I would say, to uh, be the event producers for Noche de Gala for the 10 years and raising the funds for the Sebastian Ferreira Foundation to build a children's hospital. And obviously that was a very, very tragic um, situation that the Ferreira family did an amazing job in pouring their hearts out and turning that into a positive, if you can, situation. So we were um, chosen and worked with that family 
until they accomplish their goal. So each and every Noche de Gala that we did, I, I was extremely proud of. And each year we built on that. And um, that really meant a lot to me. And then on a, on a more personal note, quite frankly, um, when I turned uh, the big 6-0, I decided to uh, have a little party for my celebration. So I approached my, our staff and said, you know, I want to be a client. I want you to treat me like a client. I want to have a client experience. Forget that I'm the owner and let's talk about this. Let's do it from the very beginning. And uh, did that. It was, it was pretty amazing uh, to be on the side of the table to sit down and be interviewed from them to say, what is the most important thing to you? Tell us about your history. Tell us about, about growing up. And a little example of that was one of the things that um, when I was in college, I worked at a, at a florist uh, helping to put myself through school. And my specialty was casket sprays at that time. Uh, but I did that. But one of my love for flowers goes back to my grandmother and her gardens, her flower gardens there in Alabama. And I talked about with my staff, the different types of flowers that were growing and what I really loved about those and the fact that I grew up with muscadine grapes and stuff like that. And when it came time for, for my birthday party, uh, they had contacted along with my wife, a lot of our friends who are currently performing on Broadway and in New York and film. Uh, they all came in and they all performed at my birthday. Um, and it was pretty amazing. And I, when I walked in, the tables were all decorated with flowers uh, that were the same flowers that my grandmother had had in her garden. And wow. so the attention to detail like that is what makes me feel really proud of our staff. And for me to have to have experienced that on the other side makes me understand what our client feels. And I, that, that's very rewarding for me as, as an owner. I'm sure that's just a great, you know, business method, right? To kind of go through the whole process yourself and kind of see if there's any, you know, efficiencies that you can, you know, work on or anything like that. Yeah. And then we had the opportunity to do it again last year. Our daughter got married and, and uh, she said, I want to be a bride. I don't want to be the owner's daughter. I want to be the bride. <laughs> I said, okay, let's, let's do this. So she came in and did the same thing as I did as the bride. And, and what was really special about that was, uh, as we began, she was, uh, we were doing a FaceTime. This is before Zoom. So we were doing a, she lives in Manhattan. We were doing a FaceTime with she and her fiance. And before we started the meeting, she said, okay. I, I, she was talking to three of our designers and our production team. She said, I'm going to start the meeting off by, by, by saying something. And I'm thinking, oh no, here we go. You know, bridezilla, what's she going to say? <laughs> and she says, you know what, guys, I know that my dad owns the company and I know that I'm technically the princess of the company and I'm going to get what I want. But I also want to say that on the Wednesday before my wedding, that my dad becomes the father of the groom, of, of the, sorry, the father of the bride. And he doesn't have anything else to do with this wedding except be my dad. You know, it, and that was really hard for me uh, as an owner, uh, because you, you, you know, your little girl's getting married, you wanna make sure everything's perfect. But it also taught me, again, uh, that I have an amazing, amazing team and I could turn my daughter's wedding over to them and it was perfect and that's how you have to look at it and that's how i've always tried to surround myself with folks that know more than i do about everything i know a little bit enough about everything to make me uh, dangerous but enough to uh to have them there to make things happen the way it should that's great and that's just a good way to you know achieve balance in life as well i think yes yeah which is very difficult in this industry by the way yes i would imagine speaking yeah. of which um I'm sure with events, just a natural state of events as there seems to always be, um, you know, some sort of event disaster or near disaster. 
Um, have you had any experiences like that? And were you able to compensate or solve for the problem kind of behind the scenes without the client knowing? Yeah, Cal, all of our events were perfect. We never, never, never have a problem. Um, uh, I will share one thing with you. Um, we were doing an event in, um, in Westchester, New York for a thousand people. And uh, we had um, part of the event, this was in December, it was a holiday party. And part of the event was inside a building and then we had put a huge uh, 100 by 120 size tent outside uh, on, a, on a big deck overlooking a big reservoir. And it was 14 degrees outside. Wow. And so we had huge, huge heaters uh, and they were being run by a very, the largest generator I've ever seen. And then we had a backup generator attached to that generator in case that generator went out. And we had hired a man to stand at that generator all night in case something happened to push the second button. And so I, in my mind, my bases are covered. We are, we are set and ready to go. Parties going on. We have opera singers from the Met Opera there performing as a, Quartet. We have people from the Philharmonic playing. It was just, you know, it's this amazing party going on and people are having a great time. And I'm inside the building and I just look out and in literally about 45 minutes in the party, the entire tent went dark and my heart sank. And I'm running. This is before they had lights and cell phones. And I'm running to the back of this tent to try to find out what's going on forgetting that the staircase down to the generators is iced over. So I literally slip and slide down the stairs to the generator to this gentleman who was standing there, who I had paid very well to stand by there to look for this, but he had his back to the tent. So he didn't see the lights go out. Um, that was one moment that I, I almost lost my Christianity, uh, but I did say a few things and said, you know, turn around and push the button so the lights came back on. And um, indeed, the, the client did know about it, but we recovered very quickly. So everything turned out well. Very, very good. Wow. So yeah. that is a very near disaster. Yes. Um, you know, and kind of along those lines, a, a, a common theme for the podcast is I always like to ask, you know, the business owners, what is the most comical event or business situation that you have encountered so far? One of the things that we enjoy doing a lot is working with our clients to create um, events that are within their brand, that help them with their brand or help further their message. And one of our clients um, was the Department of uh, Urology at the University of Florida. And they were uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary of being a department at UF. And so we did a party uh, for them, and we wrote a 1940s style radio show, and we used a lot of the music from the Broadway musical Urinetown, and the theme for the show was, it's a privilege to pee, and so uh, all of these urologists thought it was hilarious, and we had them laughing, rolling on the floor, um, complete with commercials about incontinence and stuff like that, and uh, they liked it so much that actually we were hired to go to their um, national convention and perform the same show for them. One of their main speakers was at this, at this conference and said, you guys have got to come to our conference and perform the same show. So we did. But it was, it was one of those, that's a fun thing, you know, it's just seeing how much it's a privilege to pee. So. 
I feel like urologists would get tired of urology jokes, but uh, so it's good to know <laughs> that they have a sense of humor about it. Right. So you had brought up, you know, COVID-19 earlier, which seems to be, you know, a common issue for, for many people right now. Uh, how has COVID-19 affected your operations? I'm sure as an event company, it's, you know, impacted them pretty substantially. It has, you know, it, it has affected our industry worldwide. Uh, it's devastating. I, I mean, it's just, it's not just us, it's everybody in the industry. Uh, when you think about it, it's just not the event planners. It's also the rental companies, the, the, the catering companies, the entertainers, the waiters, the, you know, the butlers, the florists, everybody uh, that has anything to do with, with an event. And for us personally, it has, has definitely affected us here. Um, unfortunately, we had to furlough about 20 employees uh, when it happened. Uh, we were very, very uh, grateful and fortunate to be able to um, get the PPP loan, which helped a lot. But then um, after that loan ran out, quite honestly, there was nothing else to do. There's no other work. So we had to furlough our employees again because our business is based on people gathering together. And if they can't do that safely, we, we obviously don't want to, to do that. And um, so it has affected us uh, immensely for that. We, we are waiting uh, for the vaccine like everybody else. And what we're trying to really think about is once there is a vaccine, um, you know, how long will it really take our industry to come back? And that's the question we're all trying to, we're grappling with because once there is a vaccine, how long will it take for people to get comfortable to still go out in public, not knowing everybody else has been vaccinated. So it's, it's a, we're in for the long haul. There is, there's definitely has some challenges. We, um, almost every single of our, one of our events canceled with the exception of two small weddings and one of the small events uh, from January to August. And um, so we are, we're taking it day by day and doing the best we can. So have you been able to operate at all? I know you mentioned a couple of small weddings. Are there, you know, kind of smaller events like that that you've been able to do? Yeah, we, we have. And uh, we, you know, we are very careful. We, uh, when our employees come in every morning, we, we uh, all have our temperature taken. We do our pulse ox, take our, our oxygen level. Uh, we mat, wear masks all the time. So we're very, very careful about that and, and very uh, conscious of that when we're out setting events up for, for our staff. So there've been a small, a few things. We are gearing up for the holidays. We have we do a lot of uh, Christmas decorating for people's uh, homes and the private homes as well as in corporate offices. So we're booking for those, and we feel that and confident that um, even if the pandemic gets worse, that people are still going to celebrate the holidays, and we want them to. So we want to help them help them do that, and um, that is uh, where we are right now. We. You know, we've actually been trying to think outside the box. And one of the things that we did is we have opened uh, a new division of the company. Uh, it's called Keith Watson Rentals and the do-it-yourself uh, section. So if you go on our website, uh, you can go there and really design your own event by clicking on getting your um, uh, rental items, your tablecloths, your flower vases, your tables, your chairs, whatever you may need uh, from, from our rental department. And um, by doing that, it saves 20% and because you're doing the labor, not us. You come pick it up. We have uh, social distancing um, curbside pickup, and then you bring it back to us, and it's all pretty pretty easy to do that. Again, we're very fortunate. We have a 21,000-square-foot warehouse full of props and and costumes and everything you could probably need, and so we're trying to get some of that stuff out for, for folks to use who in the past would have hired us to do 
a big party for 200, 250 people, but now they're doing it for 20 people and they don't necessarily, they will be glad to do a party for 20 people, but they don't necessarily need our help. So this gives them an opportunity to, to buy, rent things and use it themselves for, for their parties. Very nice. Now, this is going to be kind of a, a bit of a 180 here, but you had mentioned, you know, being raised on the, the farm in Alabama, um, you know, your parents did not have, you know, advanced education or, or anything of that nature, but they were able to instill the importance of education and work ethic. And, uh, you know, you certainly have become successful from that. And it sounds like your siblings have as well. One thing that's on a lot of parents' mind right now is is how their children are being affected, you know, not being able to go to school, or if they are going to school, the, the distancing measures in school, it seems like there's just a lot that's being missed out on right now. Um, are there any lessons that you learned from your parents that maybe, you know, parents today could use to help still, you know, create, you know, strong, successful children during, you know, this this time? You know, I that's a very good question. And I, I my wife and I were saying the other day, it's probably not a great thing to say, but we're grateful that our children aren't young and we're having to teach, we're having to teach them from home. It would be very difficult to do that. Um, <clears throat> but I think that if parents look at the uh, as an opportunity, that's how we we've talked to a couple of people who have children at home and who are doing this, saying this is an opportunity to think about your time with them for you to instill in them the importance of hard work, the importance of being independent to learn. Um, and the importance of spending time as a family. I think one of the things that COVID has done for all of us worldwide has helped us come back to think about what our values are in life, uh, what were we really, and some of us still are, you know, living this very, very fast-paced life, but it's time to slow down a little bit and look at what's important. And I think the same thing with our children, uh, helping them understand that what is important in life, the importance is to uh, be kind to each other, uh, be kind to, to our fellow men, to our families, and to learn. Uh, and knowing that, that we're going to make it through this, it's, gonna, it's not going to be easy. Uh, you know, I think about the children. I know when I was growing up, I, there was sports after school, there was marching band, there was all kinds of things that you did. And I know a lot of those things have been curtailed right now. Um, so it's important, I think, for our families to think about how we can help children through this time and go, you know, hold faith that it is going to come back. Something will come back. We will be there. But in the meantime, let's uh, figure out how family, let's, you know, let's play Monopoly. Let's play some games. Let's get off the screens for a while. That's how I would look at it. I know it's easier said than done because I don't have little kids at home. I get that. But I also think this would be a time for us to look at that and figure that out. Yep. Yeah, I know it is a bit cliche, but, you know, in crisis and times of struggle, there is, you know, opportunity. And, and yeah, like you said, it's a good time to, to refocus or maybe, you know, think about maybe I want to move out of New York City, move to somewhere like Gainesville or, you know, <laughs> many opportunities like that. Um, yeah, I'm talking to a friend of mine is a realtor in New York City. I was talking to him the other day and, and there is a, there's a big exodus of people moving out of the city uh, to get out. So but a lot of it's just because of the, of the, of the pandemic and you, there, you, now you can go out to, you couldn't for a while in the city and stuff like that. So there's a, there's an exodus going on. So in a post COVID world, um, that hopefully we'll be at shortly. How do you see Keith Watson events evolving? Are you, you know, looking to grow the company or are you looking to focus on a certain type of event or, you know, kind of, I'm sure you've had some time to think about plans for the future. Where do you see it going from here? Well, you know, again, I, I'm, I love the diversity of our company and I don't want to lose that diversity. Um, I will say that we are focusing more on weddings now because that is 
really our bread and butter right now because people are continuing to get married and continuing to die. Um, so those are two revenue streams that we have, unfortunately, uh, for one. Uh, so there's, there's really hardly any corporate business right now. And um, so we're, we are concentrating on weddings and doing more of those. And um, as far as the future of the company, listen, it's, it's up to the pandemic, quite frankly. We're going to ride it out as long as we can. And uh, we have a plan in place to keep looking, keep going and keep trying. And I think that uh, we'll, we'll do fine. I, we, like I said, we we're so fortunate. There's so many people don't have a roof over their heads or don't have food in their stomachs. And, you know, thank God that he, we've been blessed to have that. And we, we have unfortunately had to lay off several employees, several single moms, which has been really hard for us. But we try to help them in every way we can, bring them back when we can. Um, and so we're holding on to the faith that, that that's going to all get better. That's what we have to do that. Right, so what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Do you have a website or social media, Instagram, anything like that? That's a great question. I thought you'd never ask it. Uh, yes, the best way to get in touch with us is to visit our website, uh, KeithWatsonEvents.com. You can follow us on Instagram at KeithWatsonEvents and on Facebook. And you can follow me personally on the Keith Watson. We're all tied together. Uh, our phone number, 352-264-8814 here in Gainesville. But uh, check us out on the website. Look at uh, the quality of our work. And we'd love to work with, uh, with all of you on uh, creating, a special experience, creating a special experience just for you. Great. It's uh, you know, best of luck to you. It's been great having you on the show. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. I, I appreciate it. And um, let's have a great holiday season.